0: You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Matt. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music.
1: The subtlety displayed in the ash-eating microbes in the Enhanced Plants shows that Rashik got better and better at using the power. It burned out in a matter of minutes, but to a god, minutes can pass like hours. During that time, Rashik began as an ignorant child who shoved a planet too close to the sun, grew into an adult that could create ash metals to cool the air, then finally became a mature artisan who could develop plants and creatures for specific purposes. It also shows his mindset during his time with Preservation's power. Under its influence, he was obviously in a protective mode. Instead of leveling the Ash mounts and trying to push the planet back into place, he was reactive, working furiously to fix problems that he himself had, had caused. Rashid didn't solve all the world's problems. In fact, with each thing he did fix, he created new issues. However, he was clever enough that each subsequent problem was smaller than the ones before it. So instead of plants that died from the distorted sun and the ashy ground, we got plants that didn't provide quite enough nutrition. He did save the world, true. The near destruction was his fault in the first place, but he did an admirable job, all things considered. At least he didn't release ruin to the world as we did.
0: (laughs) That last sentence is a
1: slap. (laughs) (laughs) He may, may have messed up, but at least he didn't release a destructive god.
0: Yeah, this Lord Ruler guy, you know, you know he caused everything to be crappy. You know, he, uh, he genocided people. You know, he was just overall, you know, we kind of jump back and forth here saying, like, is he a good person? Is he bad? He's, he's obviously a terrible person. Even Rashik, from our understanding, before he even took the power, was a bigot, terrible person. Or I think when we argue about whether or not, you know, he's to blame as much, I think the idea here is kind of the same that I want to say uh, they talk about a little bit in the book themselves and they kind of explain this so like, hey, uh, he was doing the best he could as a bigot. <laughs> like, he was doing mm-hmm. the best he, best he could, you know. He was living his best life. What's, what's the meme? It's like the the almost politically correct redneck meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that, that, is, that was rashic.
1: Um. But yeah, so there's something I wanted to point out and we've heard, we've seen it a couple of times as we did. Yeah. Ruin really says we did. So it's funny because we're talking about like, this is the hero of ages writing supposedly, you know, and we haven't had any shift of author, but it keeps, it keeps saying we, what do you have a hamster in your pocket? <laughs> but also like they said, like we screwed the world up. We did this, we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so initially I had assumed like, okay, you know, we're talking about like the collective we, like, okay, mm-hmm. we as the people could have done better. You know, even you, Mr. Ska person who was it was in the farm, you could have prevented this. But how many we's were associated with releasing Ruin? I mean, so we got to look at the chain of command here. Mm-hmm. Gordell, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway chapter 17
0: yeah we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the the epigraphs here in a second because uh
1: there's a lot to talk about there's
0: a lot to talk about in the epigraphs more, so, so, more so than the chapter Yeah,
1: more so than chapters. all
0: right so chapter 17 we get ellen's point of view and you know i'm just gonna rapid fire through this one okay he's like this is the time we're going to make the mist uh we're gonna get the army used to the mist and The army, the entire army is terrified, and he gave them, he said, anyone who doesn't want to be exposed to the mist can go be a soldier in Lufidel, because we we still need soldiers there. So you don't have to be exposed to the mist if you don't want to. He said, almost no one took him up on that offer. In fact, they all got in their armor and and lined up as if they were going to battle, and Ellen's like, that's a good way to look at it, because they were themselves about to fight a battle, and... He's uh Demu kind of calls him out because Ellen does some church at the survivor BS where he's just like you know the Mister's supposed to be our friend the Mister's supposed to be our friend I'm so bad at that I just need to mute my computer every time <laughs> the Mister's supposed to be our friends you know that's what Kelsier said we're going to survive and Demu's like all right you can like lay it down you don't actually believe Demu's like a real believer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he's like I know you just did this po- for like a political movement and and Ellen's like no you know he basically gives him the walk around of no. I want to survive in something. My last God was killed by Vin. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he goes, I just, there's just like, if there's any chance that something is actually looking down on us and protecting us, I just want to believe because this is rough. You know, <laughs> we're in a rough world. And the is like, okay, I, I kind of got that. And they talk about Kelsier and Ellen points out, oh no, they're starting to turn Kelsier into a God. Cause like when the religion, like the, the church of the survivor essentially it wasn't playing out, and when it first started, no one was saying Kelsier was a god. They weren't pointing that out. They were saying there might have been something spiritual about him. They said he, they saw him in the mist, right? They had the conjure appear, so they did believe that he was around. He was the Lord of the Mist, you know. I can't remember all the names. It's Lord of the Mist and something else, but essentially, um, Demu actually points out here that no, they're like deifying him. And they're making him into a god, and he basically points out he goes. He makes a lot of good points, you know. So. Well, He's like, so, uh, you know, Kelsier became like, I think the words he's just said was he grabbed the mantle of Godhood or whatever. And the way that the Moose sees that he did it was Kelsier, the man, died at the pits. Kelsier, the survivor, was born. And he points out to Ellen, why didn't Kelsier snap earlier in life? And Ellen's like, well, it's because of what happened at the pits. You know, Mare died. And he's like, what? Did not did didn't Kelsier go through something? Hor- you can't tell me Kelsier didn't go through something horrific.
1: He was a scar thief, you yeah. know. How could you tell me that he didn't just dis- get emotional anguish and physical trauma?
0: Yeah, the, the same way that they like you know snap Elamancers in other ways, right? And Ellen's like, that is an interesting point. He goes, he went into the pits. Kelsier, the man, died. Kelsier, the survivor, the Mistborn, came out of the pits. That's as much as becoming, you know, more than a man that 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 we can face. And and Ellen's like, ooh, that's not great that they're making him a god, but okay. He's, but Ellen says, I understand why you can't have a whole religion based off of one man and not eventually deify him or say that there is some greater power that you're worshipping essentially. And uh, then the the myths start killing people, and Ellen's like, all right, Demu, we need to be ready. Demu. And Demu is affected by the mist now, and is is going into the seizure. And Alan's like, "Oh gosh, I didn't think that my general would be susceptible." And that's the end of uh, seventeen. So rough one on that one. Chapter eighteen. Another quick point of view here. Cazen uh, and Breeze let go of their final horse, which is kind of telling that they can't keep any of their horses fed. So now Breeze and Oriana are riding in a carriage pulled by people, which I think is just hilarious. But they're pulled—it's a carriage pulled by people. And Captain Gorodel's with them. And if we remember, Gorodal is the guard that Vin let live.
1: In Final Empire.
0: And in Final Empire. And he's the one who actually took Ellen to go save Vin back into the palace. So... Cesar is still coming to grips and going, I hate this. I hate this idea of this religions because if a divinity did exist, why would it let all this terrible things be happening? Why would it let anything happen in the first place why wouldn't it protect its worshippers why wouldn't it help them at least give them ways to solve the problem essentially uh if this existed so he's like yeah, yeah this is whatever and says it is wanting to leave he's looking to 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 go off somewhere while the the group continues to push on and, and restock in Luthadel. and while he's talking to Gorodel about it Grodel's like you know watching these farmers farm gives me hope and says it's like why you know and he goes well i was a farmer and you know i i couldn't i couldn't stand it and he goes well most people couldn't he goes no but you don't understand i loved farming i just couldn't stand it because i couldn't stand to grow something that was going to go into someone else's hands and says it's like that's what's happening right now and you know they're going to grow it and it's going to go into the empire's hands he goes no like that's not what you're seeing. you're seeing something completely different these people are not doing this because they're going to get beat they're doing this because they're doing this on their own Says is like no they're going to starve he goes even if that's the case they're doing it to protect everyone around them and you can just tell in their postures and seeing them do this gives me hope and uh do anime connection here this was that moment where if you've ever seen Gurren lagan um taking Topa of Lagon, there's a moment where you know they're, they're one of the main characters just has a drill and that's all he does is he's like a digger and he digs deep down but they the their whole livelihood is digging holes and digging into the ground to get to things and someone points out that he goes every time i see him hunched over and his little circle just drilling away it gives me hope because we know that he's never going to stop until we get to the end and that's exactly what i saw here and uh says gets that but won't let sad boy says it hours leave and he eventually breaks off and he goes to the pits and we know now that the terrorist refugees are there and they welcome him as their majesty. And he's like, nah, you got to stop that. And that's the end of chapter 18.
1: Okay. So, I mean, you know, the big events of you know, chapter 17 are mainly, you know, the,
0: I didn't even, I, the big thing is I didn't even think about that. They, the, the terrorist people had a, a council,
1: mm-hmm. but no,
0: says it's now, king to them because he is the last
1: keeper. keeper he's the only one yeah
0: oh that's rough buddy that's rough
1: that's the, the other one is that you we got we got our guy gordel i got my eye him, um and the one thing i wanted to point out that was mentioned on here because i didn't even realize we, we're talking about how the ash is falling mm-hmm. is falling more we always knew the ash is falling says it says the ash is so thick it's like walking through sand hmm so this is the level of like ash fall that we need to talk about because again, I mentioned like a few episodes ago how they were talking about the ash is falling more. This is coming from people who like see the ash fall all the time. And so we're seeing that it's actually so thick that it's just like they're having to take like deep, you know, steps to get through this. So we're probably talking about like feet of ash that they're having to walk through. Mm-hmm. Good thing they have those microbes we were talking about in the in the epigraphs let's talk about that in the epigraphs okay because we didn't really
0: get to talk about that a ton last episode it kind of just like slipped away i wanted to talk about it and then i lost it but we talk about how you know rashik made these microbes that could eat away uh eat away the ash right unless you know one day we're gonna stop clowning on this guy but like why can't they do this? Why isn't the ash just building yeah. up? <laughs> well, here you go. Here's your answer. When the when the guy recreated the world, Narashik recreated the world, he, he, as holding the power went on, you know, the person in, in, in the epigraphs explained that as the holding power went on, he went from an infant to uh, a, a, an adult to a master artisan and his abilities near the end. And he was able to create these these microbes that that kept the world going and made, and made it uh, um, made it possible that the ash wouldn't just build up and destroy everything. Uh, one thing that he pointed out though that was uh, that I wanted to look at more into is it talks about how the power, you know, was making him very reactive to everything. You know, he he talked about how he he had all these problems and and he would make big problems in the beginning. And then they got smaller and smaller because he'd fix them when as he got better and better and better. But it always was him reacting to these things. He, he It's like he did one initial push to go, oh, crud, and then just was like, forget it. I'm going to try to just fix everything. And man, you know, that's how quickly he got good at it in just a matter of moments. And if we consider this a like small slither of power of something much greater, that is absolutely crazy how quickly in approach from because what did it say it said like he held it for like what he held the power for seconds or something like that but seconds felt like hours
1: minutes and minutes uh, minutes were hours to a god yeah so
0: i it just keeps re- reiterating like how much power was actually in there and it, it kind of gives me the what if feeling right If Vin just wasn't a good person and let it go what she could have done with the power in a matter of minutes
1: well and the other thing is is that you know he wasn't he wasn't endowed with you know omnipotence or understanding um omnipotence omnipresence uh, he just he he what he didn't have all the knowledge you know he just knew ah sun make mist go away and then push the planet to it and then it's like oh crap sun too hot ash make make sun less hot and then was like Okay, yes, now I'm going to construct this microbe to be able to digest this mist and digest this uh, ash and also be able to feed the plants and also make it to where the people are going to be able to eat the plants and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, he had to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I'm actually more interested in is if he was given a second opportunity to take on the power what could he oh, have done? Yeah. Because Vin would have been like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I have to learn,
0: I have to learn again. <laughs> and she
1: now. probably would have figured things out, but then it would have burned away. But he would have had experience with it and would have been like, huh, who knows?
0: Yeah. Another cool thing. I was actually going to say that, you know, when I mentioned, like, I'd be curious to see what Vin would have done if she held on to it. Like, there's, is there a very real chance that Vin, even though she took the power and used it, if she tried to do something similar to Rashik, could she have like permanently screwed the world up even worse
1: yeah and i mean I, we don't know if we don't know Rashid's level of education but he was apparently pretty smart i mean if
0: he was if he was technically uh technically a keeper i don't was the tradition there for the for the terrorist people it was there already right as he, keepers he, so
1: he was a pharaoh chemist and the idea that you can be keepers you know that's one thing i don't I don't think keepers as we understand them existed back then. Cause he was a Pac-Man. Do you honestly think they would have had a keeper? That's fair. Be just a Pacman, you know? I mean, um, I think they how, just, how would
0: they, I know, I know you were talking about with your fanfic, you were you're wrestling with these ideas of how knowledge would be passed through, uh, a society where you could just keep and transfer perfect knowledge.
1: Yes. In my fan fiction, I was actually explaining what education would be like when you could literally have a copper mind. Um, but in my fanfiction, Rashik was um, uh, he was someone that actually he one thing is he had a hatred of hellenium and uh, everyone was kind of trying to like basically make amends with him. And he never really completed his education, but he dismissed it because he said, you guys never learn anything. You don't do anything. You literally have perfect of what everyone said in the past. And that's all you follow. And so he dismissed the whole education system. Uh, You don't innovate. You're you're stagnant. Essentially, like, it was like, it was like you, all you do is listen to your copper mines and what everyone said in the past. You don't create anything and you keep justifying, you know, all the terrible things that are happening here. And so he was just done with it because he's Mm -hmm. like, all you're trying to do is indoctrinate me into all of this stuff. He left. So he... My thing is, is that there were Farrahchemists, but they there were only certain people who were keepers or world bringers. They they were world bringers back then, and and we know Rashik wasn't a world bringer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, super interesting stuff. Because that's what Quan called himself, the world bringer or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I was saying. I, I I misspoke. I guess when I said that, because we're right. We don't. I don't think the keepers. Seiza had mentioned in the past that the keepers didn't exist until. Uh, until like the basically the Lord Ruler came around and they were having to maintain the knowledge, essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's so much here, uh, in the epigraphs themselves and kind of what we on on what we're seeing. And man, I just love Hero of Ages so much for this reason. There's you know there's not much to really talk about here in the chapters other than, um, we're again we're just setting the groundwork here. I think it's super cool that we're seeing. Characters like Gorodel, someone who basically had no hope and was broken and was working for the Lord Ruler, is now more hopeful than Sazie. I feel like that—that that was a pretty, that was a big enough wake-up call to Sazie Cezid, that Sazie's kind of like, you know, I need to go like look at the terrorist people and actually say something because they're looking to me as the last leader essentially.
1: Well, we also get to see like the consequences of Vin's choice because she had the chance to kill him. Uh, and again, to remind you in Final Empire, she was sneaking around, you know, where the Lord Ruler was, you know, Critic Shaw, saw Gordell, and I, I think there was someone else there, too, but it was Gordel specifically that got named. And she basically went up to him and was like, I can kill you. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to fight for him anymore. You don't have to make excuses anymore. You can go free. You can go do whatever you want. And Gordel essentially was like, okay and left and then got Ellen and brought him back to help Ben. Mm-hmm. So like that was the consequence, you know, one, um, she got probably saved her own life by letting him go. And two, now he's playing a pretty integral part of this whole, you know, yeah. thing in the military. Kelsier was wrong. I think that's the biggest thing that
0: this points out. Kelsier was wrong right. just because they fought for them. Doesn't mean they deserve death. Yeah.
1: And cause Kelsier would have just killed everyone. So mm-hmm. this is, one of those things i just thought that was a cool little parallel
0: yeah yeah no it's awesome and as we kind of move forward here we get to see you know we get to see spook again and see kind of how he reacts to this fight and what's going on and we get to see ten further developing a plan that he thinks might actually make a difference hey everyone vod here Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com ontos. That's patreon.com O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.